السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله قال رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم زدنا علما All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends And upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He sent down the Qur'an as a message to the whole of mankind. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent down the Qur'an as a guidance for mankind. And in this book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will find that these 114 chapters starting with Surah Al-Fatiha and ending with Surah Al-Nas and in this book known as the Quran there is a very small chapter consisting of three verses and this is the shortest or if one of the shortest chapters in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he sent down to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Prophet peace be upon him being the best of creation and not just being the best of creation but being the last of the Anbiya as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he is the seal of all prophets and Anas radiyallahu an Anas ibn Malik and Anas ibn Malik his mother she dedicated Anas and gifted Anas to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Anas ibn Malik he served the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for approximately 10 years so Anas radiyallahu an he narrates this hadith and Anas radiyallahu anhu qala bayna rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam thata yawmin bayna alhurina idhu إذ أغفى إغفاءة ثم رفع رأسه متبسما فقلنا ما أضحك يا رسول الله قال أنزلت علي آنفا سورة فقرأ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنا أعطيناك الكوثر فصل لربك وانحر إن شانئك هو الأبتر So Anas, he says that one day, the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he was sitting amongst 
us and he dozed off. So they were sitting in Masjid al-Nabawi. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sitting with the companions. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he dozes off. And then he raised his head smiling. So we asked the Prophet peace be upon him. What makes you smile, O Messenger of Allah? He said, a surah has just been revealed to me. And then the Prophet, peace be upon him, he recited, In the name of Allah, the compassionate, the merciful. Verily, we have given thee kawthar. We have given thee the fount of abundance. Therefore, turn to thy Lord for prayer and offer sacrifice. And surely thy enemy is cut off from the good. This hadith is found in the Sahih of Imam Muslim. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, carrying on with this hadith, he asks the companions, he says, أَتَدْرُونَ مَا الْكَوْثَرِ Do you know what is kawthar? فَقُلْنَا اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَعْلَمُ the companions, they said that Allah and His Messenger knows best. Qala, so He, the Messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, فَإِنَّهُ نَهْرٌ وَعَدَنِيهِ رَبِّ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ عَلَيْهِ خَيْرٌ كَثِيرٌ هُوَ حَوْدٌ تَرْدُ عَلَيْهِ أُمَّتِي يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ آنِيَتُهُ عَدَدُ النُّجُومِ فَيُخْتَلَجُ الْعَبْدُ مِنْهُمْ فَأَقُولُ رَبِّ إِنَّهُ مِنْ أُمَّتِي فَيَقُولُ مَا تَدْرِ مَا أَحْدَثَتْ بَعْدَكِ So now the Prophet, peace be upon him, he begins to explain to his companions what is Al-Kawthar. And he says that Al-Kawthar is a canal which my Lord the Exalted and Glorious has promised me. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has promised this vessel, this canal, to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And there is an abundance of good in it. It is a cistern. And my people would come to it on the day of resurrection. So it is yani, like a pond, it is like a well. And the people, the ummah is going to come to this pond on the day of resurrection. And its tumblers, they would be an equal to the number of stars. A servant would be turned away from this kawthar. So people are going to come and certain people will be turned away. Upon this, the Prophet, peace be upon him, he would say, O Allah, O my Lord, He is one of my people, meaning He is from this Ummah. Why have you turned Him away? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, that you do not know what they innovated into this deen after you have gone. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, 
The first point with regards to the surah was suratul kawthar is that the surah is glad tidings to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and it is glad tidings to the ummah. This is the first point. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted, he has blessed Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam with this fountain of kawthar. And he has blessed this ummah with a fountain of kawthar as well. The word kawthar is obviously an Arabic word. But what does it mean? So this word, it refers to great abundance. And in the Islamic terminology, it has two meanings. Number one, it is a river in paradise which Allah has given to his prophet peace be upon him. This meaning is what is meant in the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where he says inna a'tayna kal kawthar inna that verily we a'tayna we have given you and then Allah says what, what we have given you we have given you al kawthar this river this fountain and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my beloved brothers, He gives the second meaning. It is a great cistern, a tank for holding water. And alhamdulillah, we are quite familiar in Cape Town with these types of tanks that keeps water. Because we had a shortage, a water shortage, right? Known as Jojo tanks, right? Comes in different sizes, so we know they are quite big. So you can picture something like that or if not obviously much bigger. And this tank will be there for holding water which will be set up in the place of gathering on the day of resurrection. So the day of resurrection, the day of Qiyamah is a day where we are all going to stand in front of Allah Azza wa Jal. And on this day there is going to be a pond as well. There is going to be a cistern filled with a type of water. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he will meet his ummah at this particular meeting point. And it is said that what is going to fill the cistern of water, it's going to be fed from the kawthar, that is the river in Jannah. So the cistern will be filled with the water flowing from the river, Known as Al Kawthar, which is in Jannah. And where do we get this from? A hadith narrated from Abu Dhar, he says that into the cistern will flow two type two pipes from paradise. The apparent meaning of this hadith is that the cistern will be next to paradise. So that the water from the river that is inside Jannah will be able to flow in it as Ibn Hajar makes mention in Fathul Bari and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. What is the characteristics of this river that is in Jannah? The characteristics of this river of Al-Kawthar is described in the following hadith. This hadith is found in the Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari, on the authority of Anas ibn Malik, he makes mention that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, 
whilst I was walking in paradise. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he makes mention while I was walking in paradise I saw a river whose banks were domes of hollow pearls. I said what is this O Jibril? Jibril answered and he said that this is Al-Kawthar which your Lord has given to you. The angel struck it with his hand and its mud or its perfume was of the most fragrance of pure must. So imagine you walking across or along a riverbed. So what do you see? You see water, you see mud. But here this water and this mud, its fragrance is that of musk. And this is a gift that Allah Azza wa Jal has given to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he has given to this ummah. Abdullah ibn Amr, he says that the Prophet peace be upon him said, my cistern, this place where we will be stored in the water, is as big as the distance of a month's journey. So maybe for us, we don't understand when a hadith and when ayat speaks about time in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, this is how they measured. For us, we measure in hours, in seconds, in years. But here we find that the Prophet ﷺ is measuring in months. So he says that the size of the cistern in which the water will be stored is the size of a month's journey. How long this is, Allahu A'la. Its length and width, they are equal, and its water is whiter than milk, and his, its scent is better than that of musk. Imagine, right? Milk is white. So you are seeing water that is whiter than milk. It's scent. Think of the best fragrance that you get on this dunya. This scent is far better than that. Anas radiallahu an, he says that the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, in it can be seen vessels of gold and silver whose number is as the stars of the sky. So if you go look out tonight, right, you won't see much stars because of all the light that we have in our place. But drive out. Right, you drive maybe along the N1, along the N2, across the farmlands, maybe you enter the Karoo. So there's not a lot of light. So what do you see? You see thousands and thousands of stars. So here this hadith is that it can be seen vessels of gold and silver whose numbers is as the stars of the sky. It meaning that there is a lot and a lot of vessels. And this hadith is found in the Sahih of Imam al-Muslim. So this are just some of the ahadith with regards to 
the system that will be shown to us on the day of Qiyamah. And if we have the opportunity, we will be able to drink from this fountain from the hands of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَنْحَوْ That therefore, turn in prayer, فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ to your Lord, وَنْحَوْ and sacrifice. So here we see two acts, two great acts of worship. Number one, salah. And number two, slaughtering. So the first point here is that salah is an action of the body. You're going up, you're going down, you're moving your hands, you're moving your feet. You're going from the position of qiyam, you're going to ruku. From Ruku you come back to Qiyam. From there you go back to Sujood. From there you go to Sajda. From there you go to Tahiyat. From Tahiyat you make Salam. Whether it's two Raka'at, whether it's three Raka'at, whether it's four Raka'at. But know that Salah is a bodily act of worship. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he emphasized the importance of Salah in many, many ahadith. I'm going to share two ahadith with you. The first hadith, the Prophet, peace be upon him, he says that the first thing that the slave will be asked on on the day of Qiyamah is regarding his salah. فَإِنْ salaha, And if the salah is correct, then all his other actions will be correct. But if the salah is incorrect, then know that there is going to be a problem with the rest of your actions. And this is why Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions, and he informs us and he tells us, with regards to your salah, because now I mentioned the hadith, that your salah is the first thing that's going to be asked. So now some of us might be thinking, Is my salah correct? Do I have any errors in my salah? This brings me to another hadith. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. Make salah. He says, establish, he says, pray your salah. As if you have seen me pray salah. Meaning what? That the companions... They saw Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam pray. And this is why if you open the books of hadith, you will see thousands and thousands of hadith, hundreds and hundreds of ahadith explaining the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam salah in detail from where he lifted up his hands and he said, Allahu Akbar, takbiratul ihram. Right until the end when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah In detail In the most smallest of detail you will find These ahadith are explaining the salah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And this is why one of the great muhaddithun of our era 
Shaykh Muhammad Nasiruddin Al-Albani rahimallahu ta'ala, may Allah shower him with mercy. He has a very important book, a treatise, on the salah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this title of the book is Salah, as if you have seen Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam pray from the takbir to the taslim. And in here the shaykh, he brings all the ahadith, all the ahadith that are authentic with regards to the salah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The second hadith with regards to salah, and this shows us the importance of our salah as well. قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم العهد الذي بينهم و... العهد الذي بيننا وبينهم الصلاة فمن تركها فقد كفر. The Prophet peace be upon him he says that the act, the contract between us and them, who is this them referring to? To the kufar. To the Jews, to the Christians, to those that don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-ahdu alladhi baynana wa baynahum as-salah. That the contract between us and the people that do not believe in Allah azza wa jal is salah. It is our prayer. This is the difference. Right? If you were to meet Paul and Mary... If you were to meet them outside, are they making salah? Yes or no? The answer is no. So this is the difference between us and them. فَمَنْ تَرَكَهَا فَقَدْ كَفَرَ And whosoever leaves off salah, فَقَدْ كَفَرَ He has disbelieved in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the ulama obviously they explain, what does this hadith mean? فَمَنْ تَرَكَهَا فَقَدْ كَفَرَ and you, we were just going to look at the four schools of thought. So Imam Abu Hanifa and the Hanafi school of thought, they say that someone that does not make salah, he needs to be imprisoned until he makes salah. Once he makes salah, he can be released from prison. If he does not, if he does not repent from the sin, of not making salah, he will pass away in prison, and once he has passed away, he will be buried as a Muslim. Imam al-Shafi'i, or the Shafi'i school, and the Maliki school, they say if someone does not pray salah, this person will be killed. And if he is killed, he will still die as a Muslim, and he will be buried in the Muslim graveyard. Leaves us with the last madhab. And this is the madhab of Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal or the Hanabila. The Hanabila, they hold the strongest or the most strictest opinion based on this hadith that whomsoever does not make salah according to them, this person is a disbeliever. This is the seriousness of one salah. And this mother goes to the extent that if this person does not make salah, he must be killed and he must not be buried in the graveyards of the Muslims. 
Now my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, please don't go out here trying to imprison people, trying to kill people. This obviously falls under an Islamic state. We are not in an Islamic state. It needs to have a Muslim judge and obviously the case will be brought forth in a court system and they will be judged accordingly. The reason why I mention this, to show each and everyone the importance and the high status of salah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, one har and you sacrifice. Many of the mufassirun of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, one har, they say this is referring to your sacrifice at the time of Eidul, which Eid? Eidul Adha. Right? This is known in Cape Town as Labaram Haji. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the slaughtering. قُلْ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ وَنُسُكِ وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَبِذَلِكَ أُمِرْتُ وَأَنَا أَوَّلُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Say, O Muhammad, that indeed my salah, again speaking about salah, وَنُسُكِ and my sacrifice, referring to the slaughtering, وَمَحْيَايَ and my life وَمَمَاتِ and my death لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ This is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ and he has no partner there is no deity with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is why we utter on a daily basis أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. La ma'bud bihaq illa Allah. None has the right to be worshipped except Allah. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wabidalika umirtu wa ana awalul muslimi. And of this I have been commanded. And I am the first of the Muslims. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, our ibadah, it is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the last verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Inna shani'aka huwal abataw. For he who makes you angry, O Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he will be cut off from every good thing in this world and in the year after. In another translation, they translate it as, For ye who hates you, O Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, huwal abtaw, he will be cut off. Indeed, ye who dislikes and hates Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he hates what you have come with of guidance listen carefully my beloved brothers so someone he dislikes Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the other person he dislikes the message that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has come with someone else is presented with proof 
with dalil from the Quran and from the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he still turns around and he rejects this. Many of the Mufassirun, they explain that such a person falls under this verse. Ibn Abbas radiyallahu an, one of the greatest Mufassirs of the Sahaba, he says that this ayah was revealed about Al-As ibn Wa'il. Because Al-As ibn Wa'il, by a show of hands, how many of you have heard this name before? Al-As ibn Wa'il. By a show of hands. One. Right, Pasheh is excused. <laughs> right, anyone else? And the answer is no. Why? He used to go around in the time of Makkah. And he would say, can you see Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He has no sons. So how is his message going to carry on? How is his lineage going to carry on? He is abtar. His lineage is cut off. Today, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we still hear Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's name, but we don't hear the name of Al-As ibn Wa'i. Unless you sit in a tafsir class. That's the only time you're going to hear his name. So who is actually cut off? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or you? And it refers to the latter. He is cut off. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, also two important lessons before we end off. Taken from the surah. Number one, ikhlas, sincerity. That all our ibadah is only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And number two, going back to this last verse. Abatal, being cut off. And this teaches us to follow the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, فَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي And whomsoever does not follow my way, فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي He is not from me. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.